Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Hello, and welcome to episode 64, Resolved. Happy New Year! Today is Saturday the uh, 12th of January 2013 and I'm sat here in the conservatory beginning to watch the sun. I can't actually see the sun rising but the sky is getting lighter and soon I'll actually be able to knit in it. <laughs> can't knit at the moment, it's a little dark and I really don't want to turn the lights on, my eyes are a little squinty. How are you? I hope you're well. Hope you had a nice festive season, those of you who celebrate it, and that you didn't get RSI. Thank you very much for the feedback that I've had from the pod party episode. <laughs> I had a bit of a thick head the next day. <laughs> I don't really drink. Um, I have the odd very small gin every now and again maybe once in a six weeks or you know half a glass of wine maybe very occasionally half a pint of bitter I had quite a bit of you know I had a good thumbful in a big glass of each of those things you know spirits gin vodka brandy oh my head was a little sore the next day but never mind, it was lovely to chat to Louise and um, <laughs> someone's left some really funny uh, feedback saying that um, as the programme progressed, our comments got more and more positive. I wonder why that was. <laughs> anyway, it is the beginning of a new year and although I'm not a great one for making resolutions because I invariably find that I end up you know, breaking them. Because if you end up setting a target to say that you're not going to do something, you end up just thinking about it. So my personal resolutions this year are just to try and re, um, reduce the risk of having a heart attack um, by doing making some little lifestyle changes. A friend of mine asked uh, what exactly I was planning to do to do that. Was I going to stop bungee jumping um, or uh, reduce the instance of streaking at public sport events? I'd like to uh, reassure my listeners I do neither of those things. But it also got me to thinking about what I'd quite like to achieve with my crafting this year. My, my I mean, I say knitting, but you know, that means spinning and weaving and um, crocheting and uh, everything else. And I've decided that what I'd like to do is I'd like to sort of have a, a bit of a theme, really. Um, I, with the exception of something that I've signed up for, which I will go on and talk about in a little bit, I have decided that this year I am either going to knit from stash, knit from things I have swapped with other people, or just buy British. I realise as I've said this now, um, that that may put me in a difficult position if I end up on holiday near a yarn shop. Um, 
I suppose possibly I have one get out of jail free card, possibly, maybe. But what I'd like to do, I think, is I was, I really enjoyed knitting with, with the British wool last year with the wool sack cushions. And I can't believe that actually in that episode, that last episode when we were talking about highlights of the year, I didn't mention it. But I did have a bit of cushion overload by the time I'd finished, so I was desperate to do something else. Um, and I think that's probably why I felt I'd expunged it from my memory. But it was quite an achievement. So I think that what I would like to do is is see if I can continue with that, that idea of knitting British and supporting the British wool industry. I always feel sorry for, for indie diets at this time of year when people go, I'm going on a yarn diet, I'm not going to... You know, they must that must fill their hearts with dread, Um since we are, of course, their source of income. But I thought, well, I can look and see what indie dyers in Britain are working on dyeing British yarn bases. And that way I can be supporting the British wool industry. There are suppliers of British yarn, and actually some of them, some of it is incredibly reasonable. In my researching on this topic, I've, I've, you know, I've never knit with New Lanark um, wool and I've sort of discovered it and I haven't knit with it yet, but it's an incredibly reasonable price point. Really, really impressed, you know, spun in Scotland. So that's my sort of theme for this year. Knit from stash, swap things, you know, if I'm no longer in love with something then it seems a bit silly to keep it in my stash so I can swap it out or buy British. Now, I said there was one sort of exception, but I'm feeling quite justified about that because I actually bought that before Christmas. Just before Christmas, I had a little payout of an insurance policy and I have done very sensible things with it. Don't worry, I can hear you all sort of sucking breath in through your teeth. Profligate. You know, but I have, I've put, you know, I've put it in savings accounts and everything else. But I did have a little splurge. And one of the things I splurged on just before Christmas was I treated myself to a membership of the Natural Dye Studio Murder on the Moors Club. Um, because I just thought it was such a fantastic idea. So let me just, let me just go and see um, if I can. I know obviously for January to March, everything is now... Um, signed up because they're working on the yarn at the moment um, but let me just see what other details we've got um, bear with bear with natural dye studio bear with bear with just sort of looking down my favourites here I've got posh yarn vibe space Ah, maybe that's it. There we are. Ah, here it is, just looking in the wrong place. I knew it would be bound to be something simple like that. So, the Murder on the Moor Club. It's sort of incorporating the best from last year's Yarn of the Month and Great British Wool Clubs, but with a, a new sort of twist to it. So, for every month that you're signed up, you'll receive 100 grams of yarn, either lace, sock or DK, whatever you've selected. You're going to re receive part of a story that's been written by... Daisy at the Natural Dye Studio and each story is in three parts so you sign up for a quarter and you get the 
the first the, the three parts and there's you know little added extras each story is based on um, Exmoor towns and villages and narrated by a forensic doctor and the yarns match with bits of the story the story and there might be um there'll be a clue in there as well possibly a small trinket or something and the idea is you have to see and try if you can solve the mystery which i just think is fabulous just think it's absolutely fabulous so like i say i really splashed out um to um and got a year's worth of subscription but the natural dye studio yarn is gorgeous i mean i've been i've done a couple of projects um last year i did obviously my millicent cardigan in um i think it was dazzle wasn't it and definitely it was british and the I'm currently working on the Adrift cardigan in the Cyrene, which is British. And that's just lovely. So I, I did have a splurge. So that will come during the year. And yes, there will be some British yarn in there, but it may not all be British because obviously I think it'll be a range of different bases. Um, so I splurged on that. But I thought, no, I, I would really like to commit to this idea of supporting the British yarn industry. I do have a lot of stash. So if I do want to go and make a cardigan, out of something that I can't find in British. I honestly, I do have jumper quantities of stash um, and I need to deal with them. I need to knit them. Um, unfortunately, I'm sort of, <laughs> I'm having, a, a, we're having interesting issues at, at work at the moment where um, my heat is still heating even when it's turned off. And the thermostat's down to 15. Yeah, I know. Um, I have a feeling that uh, as part of the building work, someone's reconnected something incorrectly. <laughs> so it's really warm. And now I can't open my door um, anymore because it opens directly onto a building site. So um, it, it, I can't prop the door open and get some fresh air. So um, if I'm melting, if I'm melting in the first week of January, when the outside temperature is five Celsius, I dread to think what I'm going to be come April. <laughs> but never mind. Anyway, we you know we smile on, don't we? So those are my that's my sort of theme for the year. Um, I know it, it's all sort of started from the Woolsack Group, um, where uh, and Louise Scolle, who's um, a follower on Twitter, and I follow her on Twitter, and she is committed this year to only working with British yarn. Um, and I thought that was lovely, but I thought that might not give me the flexibility of the various things that I wanted, you know, like some of the baby things that I want to make this year, because I've got a few babies um, in the pipeline, so to speak, not not mine, but other people's. So I thought that actually saying by saying, you know, knit from stash or swap or buy British for anything that I haven't got, then I'd sort of, I was with my theme of it, but not feeling that I was going to be personally withdrawing, you know, all my sport for, you know, my favourite indie dyers. So it's, um, that's my theme. So like I say, I, before Christmas, I'd sort of booked up for the Murder on the Moor Club. Between Christmas and New Year, I thought, well, if I'm going to actually, you know, do this whole Nick British thing and I want jumper quantities or something, then I need to research options. So I got a new Lanark Mills shade card, 
So that's got all of their, their, their three types, their natural undyed, their heather blends and their Donegal silk tweed. Everything is available as a DK weight. Quite a lot are available as an Aran weight and then a number are also available as a chunky. So what I've done again is because I had a little bit of money, I was feeling flush and I just fancied it as a commitment to my, you know, starting British. I have ordered some chunky in the colour gritstone, which is a sort of not quite charcoal grey, but it's a, a mid to dark charcoal. Uh, mid to dark grey. Uh, it's in their natural undyed yarn. And I've bought enough for that to make an owl's sweater. I've decided it is time. It is time I made the owl's sweater. Time I sewed all those little owly eyes on. I do really, really like it and I would like one of my own. It is chunky, but it's not chunky chunky. I think I have a problem with yarn weights when I visualise them. When I think of chunky, I think of something really big and I think I confuse it with something like the super bulky things like Rowan Big Wool. And of course that's not an officially designated sort of chunky weight, is it? And I think that's caused some of the problems when I've been trying to spin things before in the past, like when I was trying to spin for my Liesel and I spun up the lovely Pick Perfect Twilight, which is now a four ply and far too fat for what I want. And I keep thinking, I wonder if I can unply it. I don't know. I don't know if that's option uh, possible at all. Um, so it's not as chunky as I keep thinking chunky should be. I mean, you know my views on chunky girls wearing chunky knits, but it's not super chunky. So, you know, I'm kind of, I, I want to make that. The other thing that I've bought is I ordered some of the Heather blends in red, in the cherry colour, um, to make a cardigan. It's the Porter Luca cardigan by Carol Feller. I'm currently working on a Carol Feller um, design, the Adrift cardigan, which is knit in that siren, that three-ply lace weight. And it's it's looking really nice, actually. I'll, I'll talk a little bit in detail about it later. But the Porter Luca is a cardigan that's got waist shaping, lots of, lots of cables, um, Celtic cables, really, it's knit from the bottom up in one piece. It's got raglan shoulder shaping working into the cables. Lots of professional finishing details. And it's available as part of a craftsy class, the Celtic Cables class with Carol. Now, I got that. I got the class um, in their Christmas day. So I got it at a really bargainous price. You then get the pattern as well. The pattern that she, the, the yarn she uses is Soft Donegal from Studio Donegal which is, you know, a lovely tweedy yarn. I was thinking of going for a tweedy green, but the the cherry just sort of went f for me. So I'm hoping that will work. It's not it's not a tweedy yarn. It is just a straight red, but I'm hoping that the, the cables will break it up nicely. I'm going to more, talk a little bit more about Craftsy later on, but I'm just really looking forward to um, to having a go at that. I, just, I feel I really fancy some cables this year. Um, didn't do much last year in that so really looking forward to that
Okay, so that's my ideas for all about knits in the future, but what about what's going on right now? Well, I didn't really sort of talk much in the last episode about what I was working on. I mentioned it, but not much. So I, I was working mainly over Christmas on the Adrift cardigan um, because I left the Mrs. Beaton mitts behind and couldn't work on them, and I haven't worked on them since. I have split for the sleeves, and I've started the waist decreases. I've been able to actually try it on and see how it, it falls. Um, I'm hoping that I don't end up, um, as part of my resolutions for trying to reduce the risk of a heart attack, actually regretting making the size I've, I've done. But I'm just going to see what happens. I'm not going to fret too much about it. It's a drapey, waterfally front cardigan, so um, I'm hoping for the best. And uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm quite liking it. I've got to do six sets of decreases on the waist, and I've done two, and I'm halfway through the pattern repeat towards the third. So, though, so that's going quite well. I haven't worked on it though much within the last week. Um, done a couple of rows, but not much, because last Thursday at uh, Knitsford, the knitting group that meets in Knutsford at the Canvas Lounge, we decided to do the mini mania scarf knit along okay now i don't know if you've seen this at all but it's basically a scarf um it's by sarah core who's um um got a a group called a exchanging fire and etsy shop called exchanging fire i think she is a i'm wondering if she's a dyer or whether she's a, a, a designer. Isn't that terrible? I can't see off the top of my head. But the Mini Mania scarf is basically using fingering weight yarn in stripes, in linen stitch to make, you know, it's knit lengthwise, in linen stitch to make a long stripy scarf. The idea of linen stitch is to, it looks the closest to woven linen fabric and it, it uses simple sti- uh, slip stitches. So I thought, right, okay, let's have a rummage. I haven't knit on the sock yarn blanket for so long that I'm I deserve to have moths in the basket really so I had a good old rummage in there pulled out a variety of things and I've thought a bit of colour on these grey days and it's absolutely addictive I've I'm working on a the pattern calls for for uh, 4.25 millimetre needles now I don't have those in the nitpicks I tried on four but I found the fabric quite stiff and I didn't like it very much so I looked for 4.5s, couldn't find them. The needle gauge I had at the time didn't go beyond 4.5. So I know the needles I'm working on are bigger than 4.5. But I quite like the drape of the fabric. And it's quite addictive. So I've done quite a few um, rows on that. However, when we were comparing them all on Thursday, mine, the front of mine is a very, very smooth texture. And other people's is more um, textured. I think... It doesn't say in the fabric, it just uh, in the pattern, it just says slip. I always slip pearl-wise so that I don't twist the stitches. And a lady who's knit a couple of them in the knit group says she always knits hers, uh, she always slips hers knit-wise so that they do twist. And I think you need to do the, the twisting when you slip the stitches to get that really textured effect. Um, but I do love it, and it's all... Um, I'm using a combination of solids, semi-solids, some really quite faux, you know, the fake fair isle, 
patterned ones so there's quite a lot of short color changes so i've got sections that are quite spotty and i've got sections where i've got much more graduated color change so i am finding it really quite addictive i've cast on about 400 stitches i had a few more than that but then when i've re i started doing just one row in each color and i didn't like the effect so i ripped it back to the cast on dropped one stitch in the cast on didn't realize i'd dropped it until i'd already knit one row then to keep the pattern straight i had to pick two up in the space where i'd only dropped one that hoiked it up and made the the bottom look untidy but it was only about 20 21 stitches from one end so i just dropped all the stitches off that end and just had a slightly longer fringe and um it looks fine so i'm really quite pleased with it and that's where the proviso for the swapping has come in for the yarn because obviously if i want a different color i'm not going to go and buy sock yarn because most sock yarn is not available made out of a british yarn base so i am more than welcome to knit uh, to do swaps now i have to say it's quite addictive mine's quite going to be quite colorful but the hubby has actually admired it and so when I said, well, would he like one? He, he would quite like one. I've only made him one scarf in the past and I made it with Noro Iro. And that's quite Iro, 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 Iro. Yeah, I think it was the Iro. Um, which is a, a chunky weight, really. So it's quite a thick scarf. Whereas, of course, because this is fingering weight, it's quite, it's quite light to wear. So it's not going to feel like it's really strangling you. So... I'm thinking that I might do one for him in greys and blues. So, I was thinking, why don't we do a knit-along? I mean, I know I'm in the one with my knit group, but I'm not going to get there every week, because I, I don't. Things happen. Um, so, you know, we could do one. I'll go and start a thread over in the group, and if you'd like to join in, then have a rummage, sort out some scraps, and decide whether you're going to do wild and wacky colours or whether you're going to have a theme. The pattern itself is a free Ravelry download, so there's no expense there. And the idea is we can just be a bit of a New Year's frugal, but get something nice out of what we, we've done with all these scraps. It'd be fun. I've actually got a little in the weaving shed section this episode too. In between Christmas and New Year, I decided to use the same yarns that I did to make my Mobius, my Sari style Mobius cowl in uh, whenever I did at the end of the summer, the whites and the neutrals to make one for my mum. So I tried altering um, how much I rolled on at the front and everything to end up with a more balanced fringe you'll be delighted to know in the best nick scheme of things that didn't work and i still ended up with one really really long fringe on one side um, where i weave the warp through itself and a really short one on the other but it's you know she's delighted with it i haven't seen her wear it but you know she's pleased i think she's a bit disappointed it's not anything i've spun myself but i will get there i will get there that's, I think, another um, aim for this year, actually. I would like to spin something 
spin enough to make a another garment for me and spin something specifically to make something for my mum because I think she would really like something that I uh, made out of something that I've spun. I've got a lot of fleece lurking in the shed. I really need to do something. But, you know, it was nice to make another Mobius cowl. For those of you who didn't hear perhaps the episode when I, I talked about that last year, the idea is that you set up... Well, you can do anything you like. I like doing them with a variety of different warps and then using the same yarns in the weft. When I've set up quite a long warp, I then roll on quite a bit at the the front of the the front beam so that I've got some left I weave until I've got um, the plan is until I've got a couple of foot left at the end I then take um, all of the weaving off the front beam of my loom and then sort of catch sort of fold it up so I've got the weaving itself doubled on itself roll that back onto the front beam um, so that the loose end that's taken off the beam is flapping around and then a thread at a time I weave those warp threads through the warp threads that are still on my loom under tension so that I've effectively then joined my weaving into a strip so it's a long continuous strip if you Put it the right way round, um, it, your long continuous strip will actually have a twist in it so that it becomes a Mobius strip, which is, if you imagine um, taking a piece of paper as if you make a paper chain and instead of joining up to make a loop, you twist it once before you join it. You can then start with your pencil on the left-hand side around the outside of the loop, draw round, it will then go into the inside of the loop draw around, carry on around the right-hand side and then come back and meet up um, with your original pencil line. So it's all just, just one continuous surface. Um, uh, that's a very brief sort of description of it, but I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes as to where um, you can find more details um, from the, the lady who um, talks a lot about them uh, in the sari weaving groups on Ravelry it was not I I think I rushed it a bit and I don't think the crossed bit is as neat as mine was but um I don't think mum's mum's eyesight isn't fantastic so she hasn't had that second cataract done yet so I'm hoping that that's that she's not going to look too closely at the edges where they're a little bit I don't know they're not quite as neat as mine were but I, I was rushing it I think but there we are so I've woven something um in the last within the last few weeks as well. So that was lovely. So, onto something I really like. And this episode, it's a it's craftsy. I don't know how familiar any of you are with craftsy. I've only really sort of discovered it within the last two or three months i've heard people mention it but not really understood what it is and what it is it's a website that is based i think the the company itself is based in denver colorado and it's a platform for sharing skills and what happens is that tutors make a series of video 
lessons showing you skills and techniques in a variety of crafts bag making uh, sewing knitting quilting cake decorating i haven't looked so i have no idea what the extent of it is the idea is that once you purchase a class and actually there are a number of classes that are free um because the first one that i got was actually a free class uh, a patchwork class that was published once a month and that gave you the skills and the pattern to make different patchwork blocks once you've purchased those those video lessons are available in your library in your classroom or homeroom as they call it because it's american forever so you can watch the videos as many times as you like your membership of that particular video never expires so it's always there it's always there for you to look at whenever you want there are forums based around it so people can um, put up questions about it the tutors seem to check very very regularly on the forums so that there are responses quickly from the tutors about anything to do with the lesson there are course materials um, available mostly as pdfs but i have to say one class that i bought in the the sale was about it was a dressmaking class looking at adapting patterns to suit particular body shapes and that actually included a vogue pattern which arrived last week in the post for a top so that was um really interesting especially since i didn't realize the price that uh, vogue patterns sold in the states 23 dollars i mean i'm saying that i don't know how much it costs to buy a paper pattern now in britain i think it might be about nine pounds so maybe it's you know maybe it's more than that i don't know but i was just um you know i was very impressed that um, with, with the the quality and the support of it it's got versions so that you can watch your videos on um, your ipad or your um, iphone if you've got that technology or you can watch it on your computer and they're very well lit and well shot you can pause your videos at any point and put notes on them um, like almost like little post-it notes uh, so that they're always there linked to that and I just find them really really good um, so I've got a mixture of free ones and some that I've paid for and I've used um, a lot of the crafty block of a month block of the month um, patchwork when the first one I signed up for to make some of the patchwork blocks that I made before Christmas and like I say I've got um some dressmaking ones and one this one a couple of carol feller ones one is um her free one about short rows so it looks at all different ways that you can make short rows and when one particular method might be more suitable than another and i know having talked to to carol a couple of years ago that short rows are one of her passion about how you can use those to really shape your knitting um and really make it tailored um so i'm not surprised to see that she's got a crafty class about that i was delighted to see the um this one about the celtic cables and when i saw that it was in the sale before christmas i have to say i jumped straight in and it's a gorgeous um cardigan pattern so i am looking forward to that i haven't watched that class yet so um 
I've watched the short rows, not watched the, the cardigan ones. So I don't know um, how much detail and what style of um, teaching she does within that one. But she's really well informed, Carol. She's takes things really slowly, really clearly, shows you things really well in the short row class. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and seeing what I can come up with because I'm always I'm never quite sure about how you can use the cables for shaping uh, and I'm fairly sure that that's what's involved in in the Porto Luca cardigan so I'm really looking forward to it so that is my something I really like uh, this episode craftsy I think it's great <laughs> Finally, some upcoming events for those people who are thinking about going out and about with their stitching and knitting this year. So I'm going to start with the Creative Stitches and Hobbycrafts show. There are a number of dates coming up for that. Um, Event City in Manchester, which is a new venue to me, but I think it's on um, out on Trafford Park near the Trafford Centre. So that's 7th to the 9th of February 2013. It's then moving on to the SECC at Glasgow for the 7th to the 10th of March. On to the NEC in Birmingham for the 21st to the 24th of March. On to Excel uh, in London, which is on London Docklands, where I went to some of the Olympic venues, the 4th to the 6th of April. Uh, back at Event City on the 12th to the 14th of September and West Point Centre in Exeter the 26th to the 29th of September this year. There's a knitting lounge from what I can see. I think this is uh, for all of the the shows. Um, a knitting lounge or a knitting parlour. Um, Jane Austen Costumes. So there are some um, costumes from the Jane Austen um, adaptations over the last years. So from the Colin Firth BBC production in uh, the 90s, um, from Sense and Sensibility, they're moving around. So there's a whole sort of interesting things there. Smocking Treasures of the WI. Um, Oh, sorry, I just I can't help but smiling. I just keep thinking of Calendar Girls when they they're talking about the uh, tea towels collection. It does sound a bit like that, doesn't it? Glimpses of Blighty. That was a. Um, uh, oh, actually no, that's from last year. Glimpses of of Blighty um, for the Madeira 2012 competition. So glimpses of uh, summer will be the theme for the Madeira 2013. Uh, competition now Madeira they do um, machine embroidery threads don't they so so anyway I'm you know I'm looking forward to to that I hope that doesn't mean that all these show overview things are left over from last year I'll be annoyed if they are because I'm quite looking forward to the Jane Austen things um, but there we are so though those are some creative stitches and hobby craft show coming up put all those in the show notes then of course in april it's wonderful wales at the royal welsh showground at bilthwells so that's going to be 
the 27th and 28th of April. That's a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, so Wool Schools haven't been published yet, but um, it's just, it's great. I like Wonder Wool Wales. So it's going to be fab, isn't it? Then in June, we've got Wool Fest. Didn't go last year, but I love that as well. That's a real place to go if you're a spinner. Lots and lots of fleeces there available to sale. That's Friday the 28th and Saturday the 29th of June. That's at, as always, Mitchell's uh, Livestock Centre at Cockermouth. Tickets only available on the door for that one. Um, then here, um, fairly hot off the press, are some details about Fibre East. Now, I've not been to Fibre East for the past few years. It's been in the middle of July and it's been um, near Flitic on a farm but hot off the press this week. Following concerns about the dreadful weather last week, last year that sort of turned the entire um, site to a mud bath, Fibreast is moving this year. And uh, the organiser said it was a very difficult decision, but was obviously a concern. Um, some people actually ended up with some ruined stock um, last year, from what I can understand. So it's going to now move... To a different venue. The change of venue has necessitated a change of date. So if you've been seeing any adverts for Fibre East around on Ravelry, then check the dates because the new dates as of this week are the weekend of the 27th and 28th of July. The uh, venue is Redbourne Community College. So it is all inside. The college does actually have its own farm. So there are still animals around. Uh, it's very easy to reach from the M1, the A1M and the A6. So, you know, I'm hoping with that now having moved to the end of term and with the tame show, which didn't happen last year, but is happening again this year, but has been moved from that weekend and is now the weekend that Fibre East would have been. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I might be able to wangle going to both, which would be rather good. But that's if, if you were aware of the dates for Fibre East this year and being in the middle of July, they have moved. So that has been a change this week. So Fibre East this year will be the weekend of the 27th and the 28th of July. And that is now a move to a permanent home. That's where it's going to be every year. And that weekend is when it's going to be as well. So that's now a f becoming a fixture in the diary at that point. So I hope that I will get to some of those shows during the year. Obviously, you know, with my only buying British head on, it'll be interesting to see what I come up with. But I love going to the shows just to wander around and meet up with people. So I'll let you know if I am going to go, be going to any of these shows and perhaps we can have a, a little bit of a meet up, a chance for a coffee and a chat. I do love to interact with my listeners, whether it's online through the comments, through Ravelry, or whether it's actually in real life, although I sometimes get tongue-tied in real life. So bear with me if that's the case. Uh, I sometimes get all nervous and shy when I actually realise that there are real people on the other side. <laughs> on the other side, there are real people. Help. Anyway, I would uh, just like to say that I do enjoy um, listening to people and having messages from my listeners. So flee feel free, please, to contact me through many different ways we can, through Ravelry, through the show notes, uh, on Twitter, a bit sporadic when we get back, but 
all that kind of thing. Without you, it's just me talking about my knitting. You are what makes this podcast what it is. And we are at the point where I'm just checking now because it it hadn't last night. So let me just check to see um, if we've got some exciting news coming up. It's just loading, loading. Bear with, bear with. Let me just log on. We've done it. <laughs> okay, within the last couple of days, we have actually now had over 2 million hits for the podcast in the last three years. I know that's not very big compared to some people's, but it just blows me away. I'm just blown away that around the world, this episode has been downloaded listened to or these episodes have been downloaded and listened to over two million times so all i can say is thank you and i just love it and it's great to be doing this take care until next time bye You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Episodes and show notes can be found at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. Comments can be left there or at yarnsfromtheplain.blogspot.com or you can message me on Ravelry where I'm Tales from the Plain. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com and you can also find me at Twitter where I tweet as Tales from Plain. Go on, make yourself heard.